in this episode, we are talking about indigo, crystal, and rainbow energies. What does that mean? Where does that come from? And how do you know which one you are? What are the traits of each one? We break all of that down for you in this episode. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, I want to talk about indigo, crystal, and rainbow energies. What do you think about that? I think this could be interesting. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, you guys listening, you're going to hear like note papers shuffling a lot because I took a lot of notes on this. Like I had to take a ton of notes on this subject because, well, you'll see why. (laughs) Right. Forgive my paper ruffling, but no, it was because I wanted to do a really good job breaking this down and making it understandable, but also covering um, a lot of different aspects of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that this is a topic that I would guess that a lot of people have never heard of that are listening. And I also think that the people who have, myself being one of them, I've read about these things and they're still confusing to me. So I think that it requires a lot of notes and a lot of explanations. Yes, I I agree. And I... I am going to try to mix in here a lot of like, here's what's said about this. (laughs) Here's what I think about this. Um, And I'm going to try to make sure that I'm telling you when it's like a Heather theory versus like what is out there. Um, I want to hear the Heather theories. (laughs) I, I think that this subject should have a lot more attention on it because it's really fascinating. And I think not so much about like the origins and all that, which I'll cover, but more like helping you identify maybe which one you are or which one your child is or somebody you know is because it can actually help you understand yourself in a, in a better way. So I'm kind of more interested in, in sort of that view of it. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So I'm going to, my intention is to present to you the, very woohoo elements of this, which I'm going to do right in the beginning, but also balance it with how it's really not so woohoo. I think that's pretty typical for us though, right? I think that's very on brand for us, but I will say that in particular reading on this, like I almost like stopped learning about this because of the, some of the origin stories I read on, I was like, whoa, too much for me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you know what? That's a perfect place to start. So indigo crystal rainbow energies, or sometimes you'll see like indigo crystal rainbow souls. You'll see some people say like, oh, I'm an indigo or my kid is a crystal or a rainbow. Like you'll hear these terms. I want to tell you sort of like the origin of of where it kind of comes from. And it's a, it's, there's going to be some woohoo and I'm going to try to balance it for you. Okay. Okay. So the indigo crystal rainbows are considered, if you read about it, and um, Nikki Patillo, I think that's how you say it. Um, you can look, you can look Nikki Patillo up. There's a ton of amazing writing about this subject if you really dig it. This goes into that part, Jamie, that you're referring to, where you're like, okay, this is a lot for my brain. <laughs> but but some people really enjoy that and love studying it. So like, you do you, okay? Exactly. But they're considered the star children. I think you probably have heard people use that term, right? Yes, I I have. Yeah. Okay. So the theory of the star children is that they're beings 
sent from all over the universe, not really earthly beings, sent to earth to help humanity. Lots of bunch of people right there. Stay with us. Stay. If that Stay with if so you guys know, Jamie and I tell you all the time that we are like super into cults. We love studying cults, right? If you hear that and you get like Scientology vibes, you're not alone. <laughs> no, we're, yeah, we hear you. Yeah, we're we're with you. Um, that is one of the beliefs. And again, I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying like that's that's out there. And there are people who will say like, oh, I'm I'm from this planet or I'm this, and they'll identify. There's a bunch of terms. I, I don't want to get into all of that because that is an episode in itself. You'll hear people identify as that and talk about that. I'm not. I'm not bashing that. I think it's fascinating and you should fall down that rabbit hole. Super cool. I think though, sometimes stuff gets a little bit lost and people just write off this whole concept because it sounds too, too out there. Yeah. To me, it just reads as like energy, like a collective sort of generational energy. I I don't go anywhere beyond that. Exactly. I'll tell you my definition of it in a minute, which is much more grounded and, and like, Mm-hmm. I guess kind of boring, but it's in line with what you're saying. So stick with us. Okay. I got to, okay. I got to give you the hippy dippy stuff first. Okay. Right. Um, the term light workers comes into play now too. Trendy term. Okay. Um, this term is so confusing <laughs> and Here's why people use it in a bunch of different ways. Like some people use it as a blanket term to anybody empathic. Some people use it as like an exclusive type of energy or like a higher being like you're, Oh, are you really a light worker? Or do you just say you're you're a true light worker? There's a lot of weird stuff with this term. Let me just say that. Yeah. I'm having more and more difficulty with, with that word and how I see it being used, it's starting to feel more and more yucky. Yes. This is a term. I see a lot of people use it and like it. I'm not saying don't use it. I'm just saying I don't care for the term and I'll get to why in a minute, but I want to give you a definition that I actually do like of it. Okay. <laughs> so Rebecca Campbell, if you don't know who she is, look her up. She's super cool. She does a yeah. lot with this term. I think she's maybe the reason why it's like kind of quote unquote trendy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she defines it as anyone who devotes their life to being a bright light in the world. I like that. I can get behind that one. I like that. Yep. Cool. I'm cool with that. Super cool. Yep. I think most people that I know who use that term mean it that way. Same. Okay. I like that. Um, oh, and the other part of the definition is that it's that people who are here to raise the vibration of the planet. That's not a Rebecca Campbell thing, but that's, I also found that defined on a couple of different websites. Again, yes, but like a little, you're starting to get to a place where like, what does that mean? Right. Right. Yep. Throwing around terminology a bit. Okay. Um, I could not find the term origin, like where it started, what culture, and you know that I like to research and I tried really hard. <laughs> right. Yep. So I don't know if somebody listening knows, I would, I would love to, um, I would love to know, I would love to learn. And then I, and then we would share it. Um, but the earliest reference I could find to it was in a book in the late eighties. Oh, interesting. It doesn't mean- I would have helped. 
Yeah, it doesn't yeah. it's not around earlier, but like at, while I was Googling and like trying to find reference to it, that was the earliest place that I could find somebody using the term. Okay. Okay, here's why I don't love the term. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It makes the idea of like darkness or like your own shadowy parts seem like bad. Agreed. Okay. And like, I don't know if that's just my interpretation of it or if that is something that people feel, but light and dark, if you put them in the sort of scope of like patriarchal religion and a lot of like patriarchal cults as well, the light is considered the good and the dark is considered the evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you take us out of that construct and go more into like our, our pagan roots that you and I love to talk about and, and express and like how the earth works and the planet and like and you go to there, you'll see that there is not evil in darkness. That's no, you need the darkness. Yes. Darkness. You have to have darkness. Yes, darkness and light work together. And as a being, you are both light and dark. You can be a really excellent human, like check all the boxes of like whatever the requirements to being like a top tier human being are, and you'll still have a lot of darkness and shadow. That's not, that doesn't mean you're bad. Right. And I mean, scientifically, like if you have light, there has to then be shadow, light creates shadow. Right. And so I understand that some people reference darkness as like lack of light, meaning like people doing something bad because they don't have the awareness of how how to be connected in kind. Like I do understand that connotation, but it's not exactly correct in my opinion. I agree. It's more complicated than that. I think in my experience that I originally thought light workers were bringing light to things that needed to be seen, that needed to be looked at, which is what you should be doing to your shadow, right? Your shadow work is looking at the things that you don't feel are okay about yourself. It's not something like dark and scary. It's like the things you've learned to silence or repress about yourself. I felt like light work originally was doing that, bringing all of that to light so you could see all of yourself and improve yourself with that information. But now it just seems like this, um, Everything has to be light. Everything must be light. We must bring only goodness and we must bring only the the good stuff out and everything else has to disappear. Right. You know, that's, that's different and that's not how humans actually work and that's not how you actually heal. I think that that's a, a really fantastic point because I think the concept of light worker and bringing light to things and, and bringing light meaning awareness to stuff that doesn't have it is an excellent and accurate term to describe even indigo crystals and rainbows, which I'll get into. So that, yes, I think, so I think at its core, it's a good term. I think it's just in society, there's been just some weird stuff that's happened with it and the toxic positivity and all that, that's making it seem weird. Like if if people ask me, because I get asked like, oh, are you, do you consider yourself a light worker? I usually say no. And here's, here's my reasoning. And you can say what maybe you agree or disagree. 
I'll say, no, I actually spend a lot of time in people's shadows with them, like working on their shadowy stuff and helping them feel differently about it. So like, um, if you're not know what shadow work is again, that could be a whole episode, Jay, but (laughs) like, for example, if somebody was like, um, Oh, I feel bad about, or I'll use this example. I know you'll like it. Um, this is a real life one. I have a client who is like, I'm super lazy. Like I really am sick of, of being such a lazy person. I, I suck. I'm lazy. Right. Right. My response, that's, that's them bringing a shadow to me. Right. They're saying the shadow part of me because they're saying it's a part of themselves. They don't connect with, they don't like. Right. Okay. So what my, my job quote unquote, or my work is with this person is to go into that shadowy place with them and to bring awareness to it. So maybe I feel like I'm more of an awareness worker. worker. Because what I'll then say is, what does it, what does it mean to be lazy? And they'll usually have some sort of definition of like how much productivity they have and what they achieve and like how other people see that. And I'll re what my reframe to that is always, well, so what you're saying is that it's more important to you to create a day that feels great than a day that produces a lot. And suddenly the idea of feeling bad about this term lazy, um, it starts to go away. And so that shadow, it's not necessarily that you brought light to that shadow. It's that you brought awareness and acceptance to a part of yourself that you had kept in a shadowy place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so much sense. And it's not like you're summoning demons in your shadow. It's not like you're like having a blood sacrifice somewhere about that's not shadow work. Shadow work is exactly what you said, like bringing light to the parts of you that that you think are bad or that you have to silence. It's yeah. perfect. Or, or labeling yourself something that like isn't even really a thing. Right. Like lazy. Yeah. Lazy. Yeah. Lazy isn't a quality. No. No, that's a made up thing. So that's why I think I personally feel weird about the term. But I think if you see Lightworker as somebody who helps people bring awareness to things, then like I can get behind that term. Yes, agreed. Okay, so indigo crystals and rainbows are considered like the three main archetypes of Lightworkers. Okay. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to give you my definition, which is a lot more basic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's hear it or basic witch whichever you want um i think that indigo crystals and rainbows are just empaths who have similar ways of operating three different types that all sort of came here meaning came to earth you know came to live um together in response to what the world needed so they're just archetypes of empaths yeah, and there's a there's a huge group of indigos in this year, these year range, and crystals in this year range, and rainbows in this year range because of what the world needs during that time. Right. Uh, that would be how I would describe it. Okay. So wherever you fall in, in liking the definitions, that's you have bunches to choose from. There you go. Um, but like, have you ever heard of? I think it probably has a name, but I call it the soldier archetype theory. Um where there's this there's this notice that a lot of people with like the soldier archetype like who want to to fight in a war or just sort of have that kind of energy they come 
like about 20 years before a war starts, they're born like as if their energy is called to being able to respond to that right. in the world. Um, yeah. You've heard of that before, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's a real thing. And like, this is, I feel like this indigo crystal rainbow thing is very similar to that type of a thing. Right. That makes sense. Okay. Agreed. All right. So before I go into each one, I want to tell you the, the um, time frames to which like mostly indigos are born in this time, crystals and rainbows. I want to break that down. Before I break it down, I want to tell you that these aren't like hard and fast. These are like generally. So like if I tell you these are the years that indigos were born and you think you might be an indigo, like you relate when I go through all the, the traits, but you were born in a different time, you absolutely could still be an indigo. This is just like this is just like a guideline to go by where most of them were born. Does that make sense? Right. Cause we're talking about energy and intuition, which is not like masculine energy. It's not like certain years. It's, it's a, it's a framework or a guideline, like you said, but it's not exact. Right. So if you're like, Oh my God, I identify with crystals, but I was not born in that age range, but I have, I'm so connected to that. I really feel like I am that you are it's just you were just right. one of them that wasn't born in like the main time frame that they were all born in does that make sense right and if someone's trying to tell you like revoke your crystal privileges or something <laughs> stop talking to them right now <laughs> no one can revoke those baby um, and i should also say that these terms were created by somebody named nancy ann tapp t-a-p-p-e so you can look her up as well if you want okay okay Indigos have two waves of time. Okay, so most indigos were born in the first wave, which was the late 60s and the early 70s. And then the second wave, which was the early 80s to the early 90s. Okay, that's me. Mostly if you think of like late 60s, early 70s, and then you think of like 1980 to 1990. Those are the two kind of like waves where a huge amount of indigos were born. Okay. I'll get into this when I break down indigos for you, but most people think that that's just like, oh, we just needed two waves of indigos. I think that there are actually like two separate waves and there there almost should be two categories in my personal. Oh, okay. Like subcategories. Yes. So I'll, I'll get to that when we get there. Crystals. Crystal energies were born between 1990 and 2010. Okay. Rainbow energies were born between 2010 to present. They're still coming. Okay. Again, you're going to hear these and you're going to identify them in people and your kids and you, and they might be outside of those years. Even when you read the experts, Nancy Ann Tapp will tell you it's, you can be born outside of those times and be, one of be like the the archetype does that make sense yep okay all right i'm gonna shuffle notes now you ready yes okay so let's break down indigos now i think jamie not i think i know that both you and i are indigos how do you feel about that information i don't know i want to hear it all because it's all jumbled in my head like all the the characteristics and the traits they're all they're all messed up but i mean i've always been told i was an indigo okay So let's talk about what an indigo is. An indigo is, um, you can notice it by the, somebody's aura or their energy field. Okay. Okay. So the, if you are an indigo, you have a really 
large amount of the color indigo on the outside of your energy field. Okay. It's not the, it's not the like complete outer layer. Okay. It's to me, it looks like the, the layer before the outside layer, that outside layer is how I would read someone's current emotional state. The yeah. one below that is where I would identify someone as an indigo crystal or rainbow based on how that looks. Does that make sense? And if someone's interested in this, that's listening, you can Google like the auric fields and you can see images of like, um, that there are different layers that start like right at your skin and go outside of your body to like three feet outside your body. And they're different. I mean, they're measurable by science, but people who can see, um, auras, they're different colors. Exactly. And you can even get something cool done. That's like auric photography and like a picture and you can see your energy field. So if you see a lot of the color indigo in your energy field, you're most likely an indigo. I'm going to give you a lot more ways to tell if you're an indigo other than just like what color is your energy field. But this is what was noticed. Um, Again, Nancy Antap is the one who like put it together first. There have been a bunch of people who have um, weighed in and worked on this. Um, but she noticed, she reads, I think she's still alive, reads energy field. And she was like, Whoa, why are there suddenly so many people with so much indigo in their energy field? What's going on? And that led her to look into this. Okay. Okay. So the indigo color corresponds to the sixth chakra, which is also the indigo color. And that's your third eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of six chakra third eye energy going on in indigos. Okay. Yep. All right. So I want to talk about the two waves theory, because this is the only archetype that has two waves. The others only have their like sort of 10 year time frames. Right. Cause there's a whole chunk in between yeah. of the, this mid to late seventies babies that weren't involved. Yes. Okay, so each of these these archetypes have different, slightly different purposes, okay? And like a slightly different way they go about their energy. I want you to think of indigos as like spiritual warriors. Okay. All right. So here's, this is, this is like alert yourselves, flag, put a star next to it. This is a Heather theory, okay? Okay. This is not something I found in books. This is something that I have come up with working with indigos. Okay. You could just write your own book about it and it will be just as legitimate as it is now. (laughs) Thanks, Jen. Okay. So I think that there's two waves. I think that the first wave of indigos that there, so this is the wave of indigos um, that are like born in the late sixties and early seventies. Okay. Okay. This first wave was here to knock down the wall. There was a wall up, people understanding intuitive concepts, speaking about intuitive concepts, talking to spirit, like all of this stuff was not hardly done. Okay. Right. These, these empaths came of age and started doing it. And these are like your Jonathan Edwards. These are like your TV psychics. These are um, Sylvia Browns of the world. Like these are the, that kind of energy where they're coming in hot and they're, they're saying like, it's here. You, you've got to have it in culture now. Makes sense. Yeah. They're like the pioneers of bringing it to the attention of like the regular world. Yes. And they, they had, in my opinion, the hardest job because uh, yeah. there was nothing for them to base it off of their, 
they're introducing concepts back into a culture that is not accepting of it. <laughs> and you're also describing people that are seen as being like having like really big personalities and having really bad reputations um, and not necessarily because they deserve them, but because like they had to bring something that was so wildly different than what our society was used to, that it had to be like in your face. Exactly. Exactly. And, and to that same point, what happened with a lot of that kind of energy is that those indigos brought sort of the idea because I feel like they had to, that they were somehow special and had these gifts. Gotcha. Not everyone has them like, look, I'm going to show you that these gifts are real by using my special talent. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. They yep. had to do that. There was a, I'm yeah. going to get to the second wave. You're going to, you're going to identify, you're going to hear it. If you're around these kinds of people that the first wave and the second wave have a lot of conflict with how they view intuition. You see it a lot now that sort of the second wave of empaths, you and I's generation is a lot more vocal and out there working in the world. We're changing the way that sort of the first wave did it. And without sometimes without the respect to the first wave that they, they had to do it that way. Does that make sense? Right. Right, because we're saying that everybody has intuition. But to, to knock down the wall, you had to say, look at how amazing this is. Look at how special this is. Exactly. These are incredibly brave human beings to come into a patriarchal culture that really before they did this, like the last reference to this stuff was people being burned for it. So like that's right. an incredible amount of bravery. And I feel like we need to be less judgmental to the way that they went about doing it my opinion. Well, and they also had to put themselves through like the lens of patriarchy through like TV shows and like sort of um, like make a sideshow of it a little bit just to get the attention that it needed. So they did that like sort of at the mockery of themselves, but knowing it had to be out there. Exactly right. So well put, like they had to sort of align with patriarchy to get the message out. And that's why I think sometimes when you look back on it, it sort of doesn't age well. Some of the stuff you see them talking yeah. about, that's why, because we've come so much further. Right. Okay. The second wave, which is you and I's generation, it's, it's you and I are in the second wave. So that is the early 80s to the 90s. So think of like 1980 to 1990. Um, mm -hmm. This is make the intuitive concepts something that everyone can use, not specialness uses them, but make it so the whole world, everyone sort of shifts culture shifts to incorporate intuition, not like, Oh, look at this, like intuition for entertainment sort of idea. Right. And let me bring to your attention that this is one of the places where you have to bend the rules because I myself am born and I was born in 1979. Exactly. So if I was, so if I was looking at this, I'd be like, oh, I wasn't born in the 80s. This must not apply to me. No, it does. That's that's me. Perfect. Because think about think about it this way. We've talked about it before. Energy and intuition and cycles and seasons don't care about the calendar. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Right. The Gregorian calendar that was right. Exactly. Exactly. So somebody born in 79, identifying with these traits with a lot of indigo in their energy field, this applies to them. Same if you were born right. in 93 and you feel that way, like it, that's just right. general range. Um, right. So the second wave where the first wave was like, knock down the wall, bring it to you in your face, sort of a, a way of bringing intuition in the second wave was more like, let's refine what they've brought. 
And they're, they're more like thought-based kind of visionary type people where the first wave was more like um, performance type of people. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. All with the same looking energy field though. This is why they're not separated into two categories and all with the same traits. It's just the, the exact way they went about bringing this was different. Does that make sense? Yep. So if you look so at- what? If you look at a first wave, quote unquote, first wave indigo and a second wave indigo, their energy field colors will look the same. Okay. Okay. Sense? Yep. Okay. All right. Let's get into some traits of them. All right. Now, <laughs> I have to say a piece here. I feel okay. like I say this all the time. <laughs> There's a couple of things that are considered traits of indigos that I disagree with. You'll see that come up throughout. Okay. I'm going to present that. I don't want you to hear me being like uber critical of the way other people think. I just want you to have a different viewpoint on it. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So indigos are considered the like really old souls. Okay. Indigos also still... This is a, a, let me, let me put, that's true across the board. Here's a Heather piece. Here's a Heather piece of information. Indigos still have a lot of conqueror colonizer energy in them. Uh, When we do crystals and rainbows, you'll see that gone. Indigos will have it. Yep. Okay. So we're still trying to conquer and colonize, bringing intuition to people. We're still using those methods because it's still in our, energy it's still in our dna from the past does that make sense yes and so we're using that energy of the past to bring it to use it with intuition yeah but yeah in in the checking of it is the indigos seeing it and being aware that they have it and they're trying to adjust it it's sort of it reminds me a bit and it's it is similar to like white privilege where you're like always having to check in with it because you you were raised in it it's sort of that same right. thing for indigos where they're always going like wait is this the conqueror colonizing thing or is this like legitimately how i want to present this does that make sense yeah and it's it's like big ego energy like oh i'm the first to have brought this here and i you know we're we revolutionize this like like patting yourself on the back, but forgetting that like there are people who came before you or people that you trampled on to get there. I mean, that's something that you always have to be aware of. I think that's why you see a lot of a cultural appropriation in how intuition was brought by us indigos. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good point. Okay. Um, doesn't make it okay. I'm simply no. explaining it. And the reason I think it it deserves a mention is because when I talk about the traits of crystals and rainbows, you'll see it absent. And as crystals and rainbows getting older and going out into the world and and bringing this stuff out there, you'll notice the absence of it. They will barely mention it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Traits of indigos. Again, this doesn't mean you have all of the traits. So if one of them doesn't apply, it doesn't take you out of the race. It just means like a bunch of the, you're going to relate to a lot of them. Okay. Okay. All right. High IQs. Okay. Don't read that as did really well in school because not many, <laughs> yeah. people, not many people have actually taken an IQ, a legit IQ test, right? I, I have never. Have you? No. I think I took one online once, but I don't think it was real. <laughs> I don't know how legitimate it was. So I want you to understand that these are people, basically having a high IQ is a, a high ability to process information. 
So think right. like that. Okay. Yep. If we gave an IQ test to a group of indigos, they'd probably do really well. That doesn't mean they do well in school. I'll tell you why they sometimes don't in a minute, but high IQ is a trait. Okay. They're smart. Super smart. Okay. They have acute intuition. Now, what I mean by acute intuition is they have very specific, refined ways they use their intuition. Meaning, okay. if you say to an indigo, tell me about your intuition, they will be like, oh, I'm I'm very clairvoyant. It comes in in this very specific way, and this is how I do it, and this is my purpose. This goes away when you get to crystals and rainbows. They don't have that. Oh, interesting. They use their intuition much more widespread. They don't care so much about like acutely bringing it in. That is a trait of indigos. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Indigos are obsessed with like refining specific abilities in their intuition, whereas rainbows and crystals don't care at all. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Here's a big one. (laughs) A natural resistance to authority. No. (laughs) Shocking. Basically, you got to think of it this way. uh, Empaths. Indigos were they're the warriors that were meant to not take out the patriarchy but mortally wound it right we're we're the first blow exactly the big major blow the other two crystals and rainbows are here to like show us how to live outside of that indigos are here to destroy it we are the smash the patriarchy i bet that hashtag will disappear after us because they're that's not that's what we're doing that's what we care about okay Good. I hope it does. Me too. I hope we don't need it. So because of that, a natural resistance to authority. However, a really cool thing that I think about indigos that I notice a lot written in the book. So it's, this isn't a Heather one, but I do see it all the time is they'll be led. They're natural leaders, but they'll be led if you give them a good reason why they should follow you. Yes. They will respect authority if you give them a valid reason that they understand to do it. But if you say, just do it because we said, you're going to trigger an indigo and they're going to be ready to fight. Yeah, we're not blindly following. Yes. I'm going to give you an example. When you were in school, how did it feel when your teacher gave you, quote unquote, busy work? Hated it. Exactly. You probably didn't do it. it Somehow. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a great example of an indigo because they're like, I don't have a good reason for completing this work. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, what's the point? Yes. Okay. Here's one that makes a lot of indigos uncomfortable, but is true. And like, I fully admit to it. So I'm happy to be the one to talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Born with a sense that they're meant to be like royalty. Oh, really? Yes. So, so here's, here's the thing. Indigos have this feeling like they always want to have the best, most high quality experience in whatever they're doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you locked me on royalty, but that, yes. Like, yes. Okay. They are constantly looking. And even when they're enjoying an experience they're having, they are coming up with ways to next time have this experience better. Agreed. It sometimes reads as them not being appreciative or grateful or enjoying themselves, but they are. 
They're just also figuring out how to make the experience better for themselves and many times better for everybody else. And so here's, here's a, an example that I have a real life example. I went to remember back when we can go to concerts, Jay. Vaguely. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, back then I went to, I went to many concerts, many Bon Jovi concerts, but I went to a Bon Jovi concert and we had excellent seats. We had gone out to dinner. We had this excellent time. We planned, me and my two BFFs planned this like really great day around it. It was a great time. And we were leaving and I noticed people like a limo pulled up right outside the gate for people and they got in and they left. And I said, oh, we should do that next time. That would make it way better. And (laughs) my friends with me were like, what like this was just the best day like why are you trying to but like I literally could not help myself right it reads as snobby or like being like too high end or or like wanting too much or something right not never satisfied yes exactly you just triggered the Hamilton song in my head then that's why I like that song yes that's a trait and it it again it reads as that like oh I think I should be royalty which you were saying like you didn't relate to but it kind of comes off that way but it isn't really that it's just this constant need to have the best experience and think of how indigos are meant to really change and shift and bring new experience it kind of makes sense yeah and it also fights that whole trope of like um, you should be happy with like the patriarchal trope of like, you should be happy with what you have. You have to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You can't have anything unless you suffer for it. Right. So if we're here to smash all of that, then it's probably inherent to our nature to say like, no, actually that's better. And I want that. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to suffer for that. I want the limo taking me home from the Bon Jovi concert. Exactly. It's going like, oh, I just clocked away to make this experience even better. I'm not taking away from what I had. I just want to bring that to the next time. Right. And don't, this system isn't going to tell me that I shouldn't want that. Exactly. The only, only certain people should get that. Only this type of person gets that, but not me. I shouldn't have that. Yes. Now I will tell you when I tell that one to people, men don't identify that in themselves because it's allowed. Women Correct. are like, oh, that's me. And I really feel bad about that <laughs> like, yeah. because we're taught we're not allowed to be that way. So keep that in mind. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, indigos are outside of the box thinkers. We don't like the box. We don't want to color in the lines. We want to think outside of the box. We have like an innovator sort of energy to us. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Yep. Now, uh, this is this is one of my favorite pieces of this, which may seem weird to people, but there are quote unquote medical issues that go along with each of the archetypes here. And so the connection with indigos is ADD and ADHD. Oh, yes. So you and I have people in our lives that we love who are those who are ADD and ADHD. Um, You talk about possibly being ADD sometimes, right? Yeah, I've been reading about a whole like generation of women of my of of my generation that were not diagnosed with ADD because we didn't present the same way as boys did then. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, there is this high element of ADD ADHD diagnoses in these two generations. Now, less in the first wave of indigos because it was it was a term then, but it wasn't 
it wasn't like quote unquote diagnosed then. Right. Right. Um, when you get to us, Jay, like the kids growing up in the eighties and nineties, it's everywhere. And so there's this idea that people, it was just trendy and like everyone was just diagnosing everybody with it. Right. But maybe it's because there are so many indigos. Yes. Or maybe it's both. Maybe there's more ADD or ADHD in indigos and maybe the system took advantage of that by making billions of dollars off pharmaceuticals. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And to take that even a step further, if you have this whole wave of people who quote unquote learn differently and instead of fixing the environment to meet their needs, you're medicating Mm -hmm. them. What problem. Problem. problem 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 yes yeah and lots of kids had problems with those med- like medicating a kid in the middle of puberty problematic many people were like severely damaged by being on ADD meds then exactly okay so it doesn't mean like i am I feel like I could be the indigo spokesperson, but I do not have ADD or ADHD. So you don't have to do it. However, I do very deeply relate to learning a bit outside of the box and really having to kind of unlearn school stuff to be like, oh, this is how I learn better. So I do identify with that element. Right. Okay. Agreed. Now there are some people who I've, there are books written about this who believe that the reason there are so many people with indigo energy field, indigo in their energy fields is because of the, the ADD and ADHD medication they were taking was altering their energy field to have a ton of indigo in it. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was my reaction too. So this no. is a theory that some people have fine, but as somebody who can, I'm not an expert aura reader, but I can read auras. I do notice auras. Um, Uh when somebody is medicated, I have never medicated like, like pharmaceuticals or like drunk or like using, I don't know, like illegal drugs doesn't matter. I have seen that change the color of somebody's energy field. Right. I've always felt like it makes like a, like a, like a change in the frequency, like a static or a, like, like it feels fuzzy exactly it feels to me how I would describe it is that like it stretches out so like the shape of your aura gets funky uh it kind of flattens it gets staticky and I could I could see maybe the colors dulling a bit so like your indigo wouldn't look as bright I could see that but if you didn't have a lot of indigo I can imagine it would create more and I I asked a lot of people who I know read auras auras and they agreed with me and they described it almost exactly like I did. So I kind of want to debunk this theory, but I also want to present it as one that people say. Okay. I mean, I don't read auras, but I, I can feel like just with my, you know, with my claircognizance, I can feel that someone is. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, there, there's that. I don't think that that makes any sense, um, but there is a theory out there that but there there's always people trying to say like intuitive concepts and energy concepts have a different explanation like there will always be that so keep that right right okay Um, we'll be right back after this short break 
Hey, Jamie, do you know what goes really well with listening to a podcast? A great cup of coffee. Yep. And if you're local to South Shore, Massachusetts, you've got to check out Restoration Coffee. They're a specialty coffee shop that's been voted best coffee on the South Shore numerous times. And they offer more than just a great cup of coffee. They have specialty lattes, breakfast and lunch options, a cool vibe, and a really friendly staff. And if you're local or not, you can also order their beans, which are roasted in-house, by the way, and have them shipped anywhere. Yes. I'm going to go grab myself an Americano. No, grab me a Rachel with oat milk. That's my favorite latte. All right. You got it. And you know what, Jay? The owner is also really hot. Um, You should know you're married to him. (laughs) All right. Visit restoration-coffee.com. That's restoration-coffee.com. And tell them that the intuitive girl sent you. Indigos don't respond well to things not of the earth. (laughs) Wow. Meaning anything that's like synthetic or um, outside of something that comes directly from earth, something that's like man-made or synthetic, um, indigos do not respond well to it. My body hates supplements. Same. Okay, so here's the thing. This this is you'll see this in the other two, but their bodies respond differently. Indigo's bodies fight this because they're remember as I told you they're like spiritual warriors, as if that's being attacked. So if you are someone who has yeah. like I have almost an allergic reaction to antibiotics. <laughs> Helpful, good thing for you if you're sick, yeah. but like my body will attack it. I will same as you. I, if I take supplements, my skin just breaks out. My body acts like it is under attack when I use anything, like a perfume that's like not made of like real essential oils that has chemicals in it will irritate my skin. I will feel sick. I'll get a headache. Like that is a trait of indigos right. that your body is like fighting like a actual fight against something that is not made of the earth. Make sense? Yeah. I can yep. see that you relate to that one. <laughs> A bummer, but it makes sense. But it's a pain. It's a pain to live in this world that wants everything to be manufactured and and synthetic, and to, that those are almost all the options. And to know that your body is going to like actually literally fight it out of your system, it's frustrating. Yeah. I, I read a theory that the reason for that was that so that indigos would pay attention to it because indigos get like like on different issues they get like okay let's bring intuition in and like they they the theory, and I agree with it, is that if your body doesn't work correctly and you feel kind of like sick and unable to function because of it, you'll end up turning your fighting powers on it. So it was almost like this additional little like switch put in right. so that indigos would would fight and, and start to do more stuff to help the earth, which you'll see crystals are the ones that are going to save us for all that. But that was the sort of, I liked that theory. Okay. okay. Indigos have really high expectations for themselves and for other people. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one there. I think that one speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, yep. They constantly will, or not constantly, but pretty much across the board will relate to feeling kind of lost in like a misfit in life. Like, and that's because they have yeah. the energy of a nonconformist. Yes. hundred percent. So it's, Indigos, a lot of times, 
want to fit in, at least in some part of their life, but are built to not fit in. So they're constantly like a little bit at war with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's just part of humanity to want to fit in. And it's like fighting with your that warrior aspect to to fight and to not conform. So it's this constant resistance of like, I want to be included, but I also want to break every system around me. Yes. And if you look at, at the two waves, if you look at my theory about the two waves of indigos, um, it makes sense that the first wave would really embrace the being different nonconformist as, and use it to be like, I'm special and you're, cause I have these abilities. Like they, they utilize that when they needed to. And that the second right. would really not have much of an outlet for it and kind of struggle a bit more. Like to me, that makes some sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, indigos are also very, very passionate but also very easily frustrated, which is a tough combo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I can attest to that. Yes. (laughs) So super passionate, fired up, all in, but frustrated very quickly as they try to go through that process. Yes. Okay. Um, Very into exposing truth and deception. Yes. I mean, just look at us. Look at the world. Look at everything that's happening. Look at the TV shows and media we like to consume. A lot of it is about that, right? Mm -hmm. We love that. We want that. True crime, detective shows, law and order. Like, we grew up on that. We love it, right? Or even, like, the advent of reality TV, like seeing behind something, seeing the real, like someone's real life, not their scripted life, even though that's scripted, but I know know what you mean. Super indigo. And you'll see both you and I have, have crystal children and a rainbow child. We'll get to that, but you'll (laughs) see their generation not being that into that because they're not, they don't have the truth and deception obsession that indigos have. Right. Mm -hmm. Strong-willed. Another trait. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an interesting one. Struggle with boredom, meaning if they are bored, they really struggle with that state. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can see that. I will say that, like, I don't ever see my children really being bored. Maybe they're like trying to figure out what to do, but they don't like sit in boredom. In the way that Mm -hmm. I sometimes will either get paralyzed by it or create too much busyness to not experience it. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, Almost done here. Okay. So they want a better experience all the time. We covered that, but not just in their own life. They want a better experience all the time for everybody. So like they're constantly looking at the world through the lens of like, how do we improve this experience? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and then indigos are constantly pained by the state of the world. Oh man. Yes. Physically, mentally, and emotionally feel pain with what's happening in the world. Yeah. Like sick to my stomach. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's my synopsis of indigos. What do you think? Love it. Nailed it. All right. Let's move on to crystals. (laughs) Okay. So crystals, to remind you, are um, mostly born in between 1990 and 2010. Okay. All right. One of the big things that you see with identifying 
crystals is that they have a very specific look to their eyes. You don't have a, a physical trait for indigos or rainbows. You don't really see a physical trait for them, but crystals have very crystally eyes and they were born with strikingly crystally colored eyes. Okay. Okay. Um, if you were, if you're like, oh, this sounds like a crystal, but like my kid didn't have that. Doesn't mean you're not, but it's a big trait. They have like, if you put a bunch of crystal kids together in a room and looked at their eyes, you'd be like, whoa, you'd notice that there was something different about them. Yeah. My crystal kid is an exception to that. Okay. Um, crystal energy responds with the seventh chakra, which is the crown chakra. So this is a close connection to divinity where indigos have that real strong connection to third eye. They have that real strong connection to crown and how they connect to divinity. Make sense. Okay. All right. Yep. Crystals are, they're harder to (laughs) visibly see them like the crystal in their energy field because it isn't a specific color. It's like a, um, it looks to me like um, more like an opaque sort of like, it's, it doesn't strike you as a color. It could be a bunch of different colors, but it's the way it appears, almost like a prism kind of energy going on that you'll see in crystals. Like it's iridescent? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there, people don't notice the energy because it, it almost appears muted. It's not muted. It's just the way it's coming in. It's coming in sort of like, it almost feels to me like a a different angle of how you would look at a color. So you have to sort of frame it that way. It's not muted energy. It's just, it appears differently. Does that make any sense? Yep, it does. Okay. So remember how there was the connection with indigos with um, ADD and ADHD, and there was like really high numbers of it all of a sudden. And a lot of people diagnosed crystals have the autism connection. Oh, Okay. 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 So this doesn't mean that all crystals have autism, not at all, but they're the idea of the spectrum and where you fall on it and sort of the more, um, the more like traits of people who have autism are spread out and noticeable in crystals. Right. So they're, they wouldn't be considered like neurotypical in their learning. Exactly correct. So you see this a lot with kids born between 1990 and 2010 and people going like, oh, they're highly intelligent, but like they have these quote unquote quirks about how they take in energy and respond. This is a crystal thing. And I think you'll understand why when I describe them more. Okay. Okay. Crystals are natural energy transmuters. Oh, Okay. Think of an actual crystal that you have. You have it there to like shift and change and alter the energy. Crystals naturally do that with their presence. They alter energy automatically when they enter a room, when they go. They don't have to like attempt to do it. Where indigos would be like, oh, let me shift the energy. It's like a a thing that you would have to think to do. Crystals just do it automatically. And then a lot of times you'll notice have. Um, these sort of little fears and issues around their insecurity about the fact that that happens. Okay. Gotcha. Does that mean? Yep. Okay. This is one that is written a lot about this trait, but I don't agree with. So I'm just going to tell it to you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) They say crystals are newer souls than indigos. Oh yes. I don't agree with that either. Yeah. I don't agree. But that's a lot of people think that they are either brand new or much newer. Um, 
that doesn't read right to me, but again, something, I think that they may almost appear like they have newer soul energy because they're so different. Like they, like I said before, they don't have that colonizer conqueror energy anymore. It's right. gone. There's a, a dramatic difference between indigos and crystals in the way that they operate. So I think it kind of gives that vibe off, but I personally don't think it, it's that. Gotcha. I agree with that. Okay. Um, Crystals use non-physical senses more than their physical senses. Okay. Yep. So a lot of crystals are born and they're like late speakers because they're actually, they can just automatically telepathically communicate. They don't like, they don't need to do that. Now, my crystal child, Gavin, that wasn't the case for it. He was an early speaker. So it doesn't mean that, but like, okay, so they they don't automatically just go to their physical senses. They automatically use their inner senses first. It's like the, that's not a trait of indigos. Okay. We use our outer senses and then use our inner senses, or we use them both at the same time where crystal children lean more towards their inner senses and many times have issues with their outer senses. So um, noises are too loud, struggle in crowds, sense like, what do, what do you call it? Like the sensory overload yeah. all the yeah, time. Like, yeah. You have sensory like perception issues. Exactly. Constantly an issue in crystals. I noticed that in my son, I think you've noticed that in your crystal child as well. Um, mm-hmm. Super common trait of crystals. Yeah. And it, because, because their inner senses are actually their default. Exactly. Um, right. Like I said before, telepathic communicators. Now, I want to bring this back up because I don't want you to just imagine that they're having conversations with each other without speaking at like some magical thing in a movie. Yeah. But they are they are like picking up information first through like energy and sending out information before they speak through energy. They do this all before they speak or before they communicate outwardly. They do this process. And some of them you'll notice have like stutters or they don't like to speak in public. Like they struggle a bit with that because of the fact that they do this whole process first. Right. And that forces them to do it in the opposite order. Yes, they're constantly going kind of against their design. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So what you'll see a lot of crystal children learn to do eventually, and I think you'll see this more when crystals become adults, and I think like the crystals born in the early 90s, you'll see them doing this now. Um, I've actually seen TikToks about it. They're not identifying as crystals, but they're, they're talking about this issue and doing this where they take like a big breath and pause and like will make some kind of motion before they speak and then speak like as if they've learned to allow themselves that time and educate people that they need to give it to them. I love that. I do too. I love that. Super crystally that they would just be like, you're just going to need to fix the way that you operate to meet how I operate. Awesome. Right. Like, yeah. Um, Crystals more easily sense other dimensions than the rest of us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now I'm an indigo that easily senses them, but I will tell you crystals, it doesn't even alert them. Like they don't even notice because it's so right. common to them. Whereas to me, it's like, Whoa, like, so there is a difference there. Like 
the and and by other dimensions i even mean like meditative states like a lot of times they're like accused of being daydreamers and things and that's just because they're sort of very easily sliding between different states like that i also think that that's a um where we're quick to accuse teenagers current teenagers of scrolling too much or like doom scrolling a little bit and that's more of like it is a tapping out which isn't great but with kids with crystals it might be more of a shift in their in their like meditative state they're not actually just like being a zombie exactly i'll give you an example with my son gavin if he's watching tv and he's like super into it I will have to like, I can to say his name, he won't even hear it. I'll have to like come over sometimes and put my hands physically on him to get his attention right. back because he's fully over there. Like he just right. over to that. Right. So, and a lot of times it reads as like a behavioral issue, but it's not mm-hmm. just that the way that they operate is they just kind of, it's, it's normal, quote unquote normal to them. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. Um, crystals are idealists who follow their hearts. Mm, yes, I like that. Dark contrast to indigos. <laughs> right, exactly. Indigos have more of a doomsday, find the bad and fix it energy to them. They are the warriors, right? Whereas the crystals are more like, this is the ideal way. I'm going to follow my heart and I'm going to do it. And I'm going to lead by example and show everybody how to live this way. Um, they're not so much out there trying to like, influence people and change the way people think they're just sort of like like you do you they're doing them and just by existing that way inspire people well that's what you need to do after you slay the dragon right like after the indigos have slayed the dragon like you then have to create this new world exactly um strong connection and purpose to saving the planet yes which you can see. I mean, look at like the Greta Thornburgs and she, and look at autism connection. Like, look at that. She's a perfect example. She has crystally eyes. She's a perfect example of a crystal energy. Yes. Um, I, my Gavin, who's a a crystal was definitely born with like a bee in his bonnet about saving the planet for sure. Yes. Same with my daughter. Absolutely. Okay. Um, And in addition to that, they have a deep connection to nature and to animals, like a, in a deep connection, like a very natural connection. Okay. Um, they actually have a very authoritative air to them. And that is probably because they are born with such a strong moral compass. <laughs> You're giggling to that one. Sorry, I'm laughing. I'm busy laughing over here. <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to raise a crystal teenager. I mean, that's exactly it. And I got to say, like, she's rarely wrong. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when I find like crystals have this like moral high ground um, to save the planet or to fight social injustices. um, And, you know, I think as adults, we're like, like we're supposed to be the boss or something. But when I'm talking with her, she's usually a hundred percent right on, right on target. Yes, which doesn't make it easier to raise them. My crystal was 12 years old at the time. But like it, it, is, um, it is a thing that you have to sort of go like, this is who they are. And like right. you have to sort of allow some space for because, yeah, they are right, which is also irritating that they're always right. <laughs> right, but we, like, we broke down the wall for them. So like we have to let them live. You know what I mean? Like we have to let them fix it. You know, we can't then build up this like bossy parent wall. 
Exactly. We were, we were the warriors and they're here to sort of lead by example. Um, right. We're also very creative and artistic again, naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, deep connection to rocks, crystals, and gemstones. Yep. I told the story on a different episode about my son being very little and needing to have stones and crystals or gemstones in his pocket from the location he was at. He just naturally did that. Um, incredibly forgiving. Yes. I'll agree with that. Yes. Um, empath. I mean, indigo is not so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Indigo right. Is a little bit. Yeah. Right. A crystal will be the first person to forgive you if they feel you're genuine. Perfect. Um, they do not handle chaotic energy very well. Yep. Which is a stark contrast to indigos who kind of thrive in chaos. They create chaos. Right. Which is if, in if you're a parent or a teacher, I know we have people who listen to this, obviously their parents listening, but I know for a fact that there are educators that listen to this podcast, that there are um, like health professionals that listen to this podcast. So I think it's important to note that what's happening in this world right now um, is jarring, like obviously for any child, but for Crystal, the chaos of this world is a lot to manage. And it and they don't always act it out externally, because remember, they process everything right. inside first before it comes out. So super excellent point. And, right. And keep that in mind too. My last thing for, for these crystals is that they chronically have trouble falling asleep. Oh Lord. Yes. <laughs> I can attest to that. I, I don't know the reason I, I can speculate that I think it has something to do with their ability to sense other dimensions and shift states so easily. I think to like yep. sit and have to like now shift. I think that that's like a, unnatural thing for them and I don't know what the answer is my my crystal has a lot of trouble falling asleep too um I'd love to know the answer if anyone has good good tips and ideas but the shifting to that state like putting yourself in the state you have to be in to fall asleep is the part that's hard for crystals right exactly okay um all right let's move to rainbows last one are you ready yep I don't know much about rainbows which I should because I have one but like I think that's (laughs) sort of that's the one people talk about the least, I feel like. It's true. And it's because they're, they were born like 2010 to present mostly. So there's, they're not very old. So it's, they're a little bit more difficult to study to be like, oh, here are their traits. Cause we don't have many um, rainbow adults to look at. We're still watching them form and, and learning from them. So that's why you see that. But I think I put together some decent stuff to help you with that. Okay. So, um, they have a lot of rainbow colored energy, which is all the chakras combined working for them. Right. Which is great. Yes. What you'll see in rainbows is that they don't necessarily, you don't look at them and go like, Oh, talk about a throat chakra issue. You go like, Oh, all their chakras are gunked up. They more operate not like without that sort of like acute thing I was talking about with indigos, you see it less in crystals and then it's barely there at all with rainbows. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like more systemic. Yes. One thing goes off. It upsets the whole apple cart. Gotcha. Um, There are the issue that you see with rainbows is that they have 
um, emotional issues, so trouble regulating emotion and executive functioning issues. James making a face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so spot on for my rainbow child, but also for like all the, you know, the books and li the literature coming out now about like, I'm, I'd never heard of executive functioning issues, which my son has many. Um, I never heard of that before. Now there's like a million books about it. I mean, it really does seem within the last few decades that people are having to address this. Yes, exactly. And you may see this dramatically in your child, or you may see this subtly in your child. So my rainbow, whose name is Riley, he um, ha definitely has those two things, but kind of hidden, like managed them very well. And then, as I've talked about before, got a concussion in October. And those things that were already like a little bit hard, like though that's exactly what dropped off for him right first as he tried to recover from that. So you could even, so my point being, it might not be incredibly obvious. You might notice it a little, or you might notice it a lot. It's all traits of a rainbow, but usually when put under some kind of pressure, those two things kind of go first, if you know what I mean. Right. And that makes me feel better because my son has such huge emotional regulation management issues that um, a, it feels better just to hear that, but also to know that like, if hopefully that's like part of his purpose, right. Yeah. Is having, having to address that, mm -hmm. um, that it will help, help the cause. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to break down. Like I created a word for each of the energies. I'm going to do that when I'm done, but I will tell mm -hmm. you that rainbows are very much here to be like the old way that you do everything. I will not abide by it. I will do it my way. Like that's a very, yeah rainbow thing okay I like that. um they're, they're strong-willed with really big personalities yep <laughs> now don't take that as just meaning they're not well behaved or that they're just center of attention people a lot of them are but just like a very strong personality i'm talking about that's right of a rainbow okay right um High amounts of energy and very enthusiastic. Yes. Comes out sometimes as hyperactivity if it's not, it doesn't have, I don't want to say the right channel, but if it isn't channeled out of them in a way that works for them. Does that make sense? Right. Exactly. Rainbows are incredibly attuned to the energy around them. Yes. Now, remember, crystals transmute the energy. Rainbows don't transmute it. Rainbows are affected by it. So the crystals are coming and they're adjusting it and the rainbows are sitting there like falling down because the crystals are messing with the energy in the room and the indigos are sitting there like, what is your guys' problem? <laughs> like, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that makes a ton of sense. My, my son is like, we call him a chameleon because he, he adapts to whoever he's with. Um, for good or for bad. I mean, I'm sure that's true of all children, um, but that seems to be like a specialty of his is that he can very quickly adapt um, to like what's happening in a room around him. Same with my rainbow. Absolutely. Okay. Rainbows are amazing manifestors. Like they are so good at manifesting what they want, but what goes along with that is that they are very easily frustrated when it doesn't come to fruition. Yes. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
because right. they're such good natural manifestors. They're not like, like, I feel like indigos have to learn how to manifest. I feel like right. girls then sort of do it better, but like they still have to learn. Rainbows just autopilot manifest. They just manifest what they want. I, I say to my son all the time, like he'll say he wants something and somehow he gets it very easily. And I'm right. always trying to, I, I'm always pointing out like, that's amazing, but he doesn't think anything. Right. And it can look sort of spoiled if they get like frustrated, their label does spoiled. But what you have to understand is that they assume they can automatically manifest everything. So when they can't, they don't know what to do with it. Because again, they're designed differently than the rest of us. Make sense? Yeah, but I love that for them. I love that for them because we were taught that we had to struggle and everything had to be hard. And like, if we can get over the bitterness of not having that ourselves, um, then imagine what you could do for the world if you had like a whole generation of kids that could just like with the snap of a finger, almost literally create like what the world needs. That's really great. Yes, they're, the rainbows are here to build a new way of of operating, a new world, basically. To, it sounds a little cheesy, right. but that's what they're here to do. So that's why they're such good manifestors. So especially in childhood, again, we don't have a lot of very old rainbows. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there were some born in the 90s, 80s, 70s, like I'm sure. But we don't have a lot of them to study, so we don't exactly know how they're going to use that and why they get so easily frustrated and how to support that. But keep in mind that most of these kids are being born to indigos whose job is to knock down the walls for these kids. So use your indigo magic for, to advocate for your kids. They need you to do that for them. Yes. Okay. Um, They have a fearlessness about them that is, is very unique to their, to a rainbow, meaning like they don't think through consequences the way that the other energies do. Yes. Um, they hold the ability for emotional mastery because they experience emotions so deeply and so quickly. So where again, really most of our oldest rainbows are like, not very old. They were born in like, what did I say? 2010, right? Yeah. So they're 11 at the oldest. Yeah. So like, we haven't seen them get to the emotional mastery yet. They're not old enough. But once they learn how to regulate their own emotions, which they struggle with, because again, they feel deeper and quicker than the rest of us. This is the the generation that's going to really have emotional mastery. Like, can you imagine what they're going to be able to do with that? It's going to be beautiful. I love that. I, I would love that. And I want that for all of them. Okay. They are highly intuitive, but they don't really identify with like specific intuitive gifts. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. You don't necessarily look at them and go, Oh, you know what they do really well intuitively talk to spirits or angels or read emotion. Like you don't necessarily identify that in them, but you can see how highly intuitive they are. They don't have that acute intuition. It's completely gone by the time we get to rainbows. Does that make sense? Yes. It's very interesting. I have a hard time imagining what that actually will be like. 
Yes. Think of, think of the rainbow. It's like all of it together. They're processing all the colors, all the energies, all the clairs, all of that processes with them at the same time. It doesn't come through separately to them. So they don't necessarily go like, Oh, that was, I've got this information through this means that sort of way of educating them to use their intuition won't work. I love that. I love it. Um, And there's also theories, and I do agree, that as they get older, they'll be able to maybe identify that stuff more, but it will be through being taught how indigos figured it out. Then they'll be be able to identify, sort of like a a reverse way of of dealing with it. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Um, Rainbows are natural influencers. Oh, so that makes I sense. you hear influence and you think maybe like an Instagram influencer, but I kind of do mean that like they're naturally yeah. going like, come have a peek into how I do stuff and it will influence you. Even though I'm not here to sell you anything or try to do anything, I'm, I just enjoy you witnessing my existence. That is my kid. <laughs> mine too. Mine too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my rainbow. What do you think? Love. Okay. I love it. All right. So I want to wrap it up with just a few things, but I, I want to tell you, I assigned a word to each mm-hmm. of them to sort of help you like pinpoint maybe their purpose. So for indigos, warriors, okay. Indigos yeah. are here for the fight. <laughs> They're knocking down the wall. Yeah. They're bringing in the change and getting rid of the old systems. Okay. Crystals are the evolvers. Okay. They're taking what the indigos did and they're evolving. They're doing it better. And they're sort of living by example in the new world that the indigos created. Love. They evolve energy. They evolve the way we do everything. They make everything better. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Rainbows are the implementers. So all of that work that the, the indigos did and then the, the evolving that the crystals did the rainbows then take that and implement it into the world to kind of build and create a new world. Does that make sense? I love it. People want indigos around when they want to make a shift or a change. When you need to create some kind of change, you call the warrior indigos in to help you with that. Okay. Yep. People want crystals around when they want to feel experience or align with the energy of the change they want. Okay. Yep. The, in, the crystals aren't going like, here's how to create change. They're going like, right. here I am if you'd like to align with a different energy of what, what that already is. Right. Okay? Makes right. Sense. You're ready. Come on over. Yeah. Here's the evolved version yep. of what you're looking for right here. Tune in. Okay? Yep. So what, they're, what they sort of present intuitively is more like, here's how to align with what you already want. This is what it looks like. Fix your energy to, to meet that. And that does not work for indigos. Indigos are like, what and again label crystals kind of lazy or skipping a step because they're it looks too simple to an indigo does that make sense right yep okay and then people want rainbows around when they want to make the outside world adjust to all the new energy you call on the rainbows to to make that adjustment on the outer level love it okay i love those it are, those are heather things that i just told you but like that's how i sort of categorize them in my head. No, I'm going with all of that. I love it. Okay. So that's all I have. How do you feel now that I, I brought that to you? Do you feel differently? Um, I, yeah, I think it makes a lot more sense in my head. Um, and I also, I would like to just make 
one point, um, like to remember when you said like the rainbows will bring in the new world and that to people sounds like really weird and um, like sort of like you were saying this like star planet thing, like it just goes like a step too far for people. And I'm with you on that. If you're feeling resistance to that, I'm with you because I too feel like it's like very woo woo and the verbiage is um, sort of like fantastical. But I also would like to bring to your attention how like drastically this world is changing as we are recording this, as you're listening to this, the world is literally shifting. Politics are shifting. Structures are shifting. um, Viewpoints are shifting. And so we don't mean like the rainbows are going to come and show us a new world. Like, you know, we're going to wake up one day and the world is going to all of a sudden we'll be living like in this tropical magical forest. I don't mean that the world is changing right now. And that's because of like the energy shifting and all of us here helping to shift it. So um, I just, I just want to like make it a little bit more like tangible and like a little bit more um, like congruent on like how that actually looks in our lives. Cause it's happening right now. I think that's a fantastic point. I'm glad that you said that. And I, that's why I wanted to assign the word implementer to a rainbow because everything written about them is how they build and create like a new world. Like I totally had a whole new world from Aladdin stuck in my head the whole time I was researching them. Cause that, like that's, that's their vibe. Um, but that does sound trippy, but that, what that simply means is like, think of, a, of us, of the indigo sort of like knocking the walls down. Right. And then the crystals are going to come and they're going to evolve all the stuff. They're going to make all the systems better. And then the rainbows are going to go out there and the the quote unquote new world they're creating is going like, now we have the space to live in a a way that these other two energies set up. So it's not like a new world, like a new planet. It's like a new, a new societal construct almost. Right. I picture my son who's, 11. So, I mean, technically he should be a crystal, I suppose, but he's not, he's a rainbow. Um, And seeing him like sort of observing all the changes in this country that are scary um, and are really structure shattering. And he's as, as a child, just observing that. And thankfully he lives in a, in a family where he's safe and he can do that safely and process it safely. Some kids aren't that um, advantaged. Um, but then he's going to see his older sister go out and, and make some like real tangible changes to that. And then I think about him in 10 years, 15 years being an adult and like the, the, the energy that he and his generation can bring to that. Once we've got through this shaky, shaky world breaking stuff that like 10 years down the road, this world could be significantly better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the perfect way to express it and look at it and take it out of sort of the woohoo, what planet are you from right. thing. And right. Like how right. actually right. apply to like rebuilding a society. Right. Exactly. Um, and if, again, if you do like the, the different planets and the star child pieces, I, I'm not trying to knock it. I'm just saying like, let's also no. present it in a way that just is like, oh, this is sort of the archetype, the energy archetype for this kind of empath. That's all. Right. Yeah. Right. Start it there. If you want to bring it other places, cool. Right. And Heather, I will be awaiting your book on this subject. <laughs> I'll add it to my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> but it's got to come out intuitively, right? I can't do it as a form of creativity. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right, so I would love it if listeners would tell us um, if they identify with these, like which one they think they are or their kids are. Like I would love to know and like maybe what traits they really like connected to with that. I would, I would love that kind of feedback. What do you think, Jay? Yeah. Go to our Instagram page and comment on the post about it and let us know, are you an indigo crystal or rainbow? What are your kids? Like what you think is like your best trait about that? What you feel proudest about? Let, let us hear it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. Thank you. Heather. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.